Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome into the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Listeners, thank you for tuning in where we're talking everything college hoops all the time. We're powered up by Blog Talk Radio. Intro, outro music, thanks to Bell Jar. Thanks for tuning in and carving out some time during your Sweet 16 Elite 8 weekend. We know you could have been anywhere else on the dial, but you chose to be here with us, Mike and Gus, and we appreciate that. So, listeners, this thing is crazy, man, huh? Holy smokes. How great is all the madness that this tournament continues to give us? I'm going to go a little quickie on you here. Uh, I'm going to try to give you a breakdown of what happened in the Sweet 16, get you set up for your Elite 8, and then get you off on your way and go enjoy those games, enjoy some time with your family, so on and so on. Let's just start with the big game and the biggest Cinderella story that continues to capture our hearts and our attention with Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago defeats Nevada uh, 69-68, and there's... You know, the end game in this particular game, the, the Nevada just does not have enough fouls. We had a little exchange with Sam Bassini via Twitter. Um, Sister Jean's bracket is broken just like everybody else's, and it's busted, but she's unbelievably happy that it is. Marcus Towns with the dagger, nailed, onion, unbelievable shot with under second seven seconds to go, and that three gave Loyal Chicago, uh, Loyal Chicago there, their margin of victory. Um, he had 18 in the game, and Loyola continues the dream. And somehow it seems like Nevada with Cody and Caleb uh, back with further transfers, that Nevada might actually be better or just as competitive as they were this year. Um, so you love that the double-digit seed continues and makes its way into the Elite Eight. Next game we'll cover for you guys is Michigan and Texas A&M. Man, 14 made threes for Michigan. Uh, uh, I'll do Rockman with 24 points. Charles Matthews, 18 points. Mo Wagner, 21 points. Third Elite Eight in six years for Michigan and Coach Beeline. You had Simpson doing his thing on the defensive end with six steals, kind of creating havoc with the uh, questionable ball handlers on the A&M side. And for Texas A&M, they've been on both sides of surprising results in this tournament and back-to-back rounds. They had they were on the you know the good of one of the most resp- surprising results by blowing out UNC the defending champion, and here uh, playing Michigan they get their doors absolutely blown off and don't even really make a game of it, um, and I think that just kind of encapsulates their whole entire season of uh, you know, of the Aggies like they're just maddening uh, on both ends they could beat anybody or blow anybody out including the defending defending national champions. At any time, and then they could lose to anybody at any time too. So I think those games back to back definitely just uh, illuminate the type of season that uh, Texas A&M had on the whole. So Michigan takes down Texas 99-72. Then we had Kansas State Kentucky. This one I think shocked everybody. Uh, Kansas State wins it 61-58, and how they did this. I guess we'll just never know, and this is why they play the games and keep score for points. Kansas State got out-rebounded. They shot less free throws. They shot 35% from the field. I mean, what? Are you kidding me? How does Kansas State even pull this off? Barry Brown makes a dramatic layup 
to make it 60-58 uh, with under 10 seconds to play. Xavier Sneed continues his fine play in the tournament. 22 points, 9 boards. He fouled out and watched that Barry Barron play from the sideline. Uh, Shea Gillis-Alexander was only 2 for 10. He did score double digits, but he had a very ordinary game. And an interesting stat from this game, P.J. Washington put up big numbers. If you just look at the box score, he went for uh, 18 points and 15 boards, and he played all 40 minutes. However, Washington was only 8 for 20 from the free throw line. So I think if you're going to point your uh, arrow in one place of, like, how did this happen, I think there's one of the places. I think if, you know, Washington's just a little bit more efficient on the free throw line, then Brown's shot doesn't exist in that dramatic uh, fashion. So kudos to the Wildcats. Unbelievable job by Brown on that driving layup against uh, players with greater length. Uh, Love that he created the space where he can make that dramatic shot. And then, uh, you know, Shea Gilders-Alexander had a ball in the air with a good look for three to tie it up, and it just, you know, didn't find home, didn't hit home. It did not have the uh, the pool experience from Michigan uh, around previous. And then we had Florida State and Gonzaga. Uh, Florida State had the benefit, I guess, of Gonzaga not playing with Tilly. Uh, no Tilly. He, uh, he in, injured himself during warm-ups. Um, Gonzaga did have uh, foul trouble and subpar shooting night, which is really out of character for them. And Florida State wins it against Gonzaga, 75-60. to 60. I feel like uh, Killian Tilly and Hunter of UVA should declare for the NBA draft now. Uh, because them, those two players not being in their team's lineups really presented the lack of efficiency and lack of production that they have with them not in the lineup. So, I mean, those guys are unbelievably valuable. Terrence Mann appears to be healthy for Florida State in the Seminoles. He had 18 points. He was their lone double-digit scorer, and they had people pitch in all over the place, just like they always do. Seminoles have this selfless approach uh, the entire season, and whoever's in the, who's ever hot, whoever's in the game, that's who they're going with. They play with an eleven-man rotation. Um, so, dream ends for Gonzaga to get to uh, another Final Four, uh, but they have been to four straight Sweet Sixteens, which is a great get for any program, especially a program from the West Coast Conference. All right, let's bring you up to date with. Uh, the, uh, let's bring you up to date with Friday's games. We had uh, Kansas and Clemson. Um, Clemson somehow with the backdoor cover. Kansas wins it 80-76. Uh, third straight year in the Elite Eight for Kansas. Um, and Azabuke and D'Souza, they were the difference makers in this game. They, they allowed Kansas uh, to play with uh, their space on the perimeter uh, and cleaned up a whole bunch of the mess on the offensive boards. There were, there were too big, too many easy offensive putbacks, and D'Souza's really figuring it out on both ends of the floor. He had a couple nice block shots as well. Malik Newman is hitting step-back crossover threes. Um, he was a little shaky with the ball in the late-game situation and allowed Clemson to get that backdoor cover. You know, And Gabe DeVoe uh, just put the team on his back and scored 31 points. He had a sick tournament run. And Clemson did get it down to four with under a minute to play and then, you know, held it there. Um, so kudos to Clemson for playing tough, uh, not rolling over when they were down, I think, 20 in the second half. So Kansas advances with the 80-76 victory over Clemson. 
He had Nova and, and West Virginia. Nova and West Virginia was an unbelievable game. You could almost feel the energy in this game like pop off the television screen. Nova wins it 90-78. to 78. Man, let's just all applaud and appreciate Javon Carter. That guy played so hard all season, his whole entire career, and worked and hustled himself to become an All-American this year. And I felt like the end game situation when um, the Nova ran out the clock and then uh, West Virginia had one more possession, Carter still tossed up like a half-court shot. You know, his field goal, per, field goal percentage be damned just because that's the way he plays all the time. Uh, first half, even with Gillespie and, and, and Booth and Brunson all on the floor at the same time, uh, Nova had a whole bunch of uncharacteristic uh, turnovers uh, against the press, and, and, and obviously West Virginia was kind of running the show, and their pace was dominating. They were forcing their will on the game. Uh, you know, Kanate had the block of the tournament against a future lottery pick in, 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 in Bridges, which was totally insane. Go watch that if you haven't seen that. But then in the second half, um, right after the Kanate uh, Spellman double foul call, uh, or at least it started right around then. Uh, Nova goes on a 22-6 run in the second half. They had four or five made threes, and they created that separation um, that uh, the final score uh, the final score illustrates. And during that run, they had zero turnovers, and Nova had zero turnovers. I think in the last ten-ish minutes. So Nova got it right, made some threes in the second half and pulled away late, even though this game is way more competitive than the final score uh, will tell you if you just take a look at the box score in the morning. Duke-Syracuse, similar level of competitiveness here. Two zones, and you just want to see who would have the better zone offense, weaponry, or game plan. Duke wins the game uh, 69-65, and the battle, uh, you know, Ty's battle was out early. The guy went off put up a ton of big points, um, and it seemed like Syracuse just had so many misses at the rim. Missed dunks, missed layups, missed putbacks, missed alley-oops. They mishandled a ton of opportunities, like a bunch of bunnies, and you know, they take care of those, and this game could easily go the other way. Duke really created the, the crease that they needed in the second half and got up 10 with about four minutes to go, and then you know, kind of played the, the keep-away game and the hold-off game against Syracuse. Their athletic bigs, Carter, uh, Bagley, Bolden, were just a little too much. Now, they did have a shot. They had the ball down three with like 10 seconds to go. Duke smartly fouls up three and then puts Syracuse on the line. And then um, they play the foul game. And then Gary Trent makes his two free throws. He's money uh, from the line and money in late-game situations. So that gives uh, Duke the needed cushion to move on and advance to the Elite Eight. And I don't have a final score for you here because this is still going on, but it seems like Texas Tech is going to take down Purdue. Um, there were seven minutes in the first half where no team scored, so you knew both teams were kind of locked in defensively. This is like the law firm game where you had Smith and Smith from Texas Tech and Edwards and Edwards from Purdue. And in the, so many turnovers for Purdue. Uh, a couple of mishandled turnovers by Vince, Vince Edwards. Um, Harms couldn't keep his hands on the ball. It just seemed like they had a bunch of out-of-character uh, turnovers. And they, 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 like Villanova, do take very good care of the ball and value it. Carson Edwards did everything he could in the second half to keep Purdue in this game. Went bananas, hit a bunch of threes, hit a bunch of tough shots, just like he always does. But it seems like Texas Tech is moving on to take on 
uh, Villanova in that Elite Eight matchup. And we're just going to get you set up for the Elite Eight matchup in a second. So if you're feeling good about one of these Elite Eight matchups, um, we're going to point you in the right direction. If you're feeling good about an over and under or first line, a first half bet, please go visit mybookie.ag. Ever since we started the podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Who do you like in this matchup? Uh, how do you like that point spread? Well, let me tell you this. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why we're going to direct everybody to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in the business for years. The rep is totally rock solid. And they do 50% cash bonuses. So right off the bat, without making a bet, you're making money for doing absolutely nothing. They have some of the fastest payouts in the business with 48-hour processing. You want to put a bet on one of these Saturday games? Guess what? On Monday, you'll have that money in your account. When you pay, when you win, you get paid. You know who's going to win, so let's lay down some money with mybookie.ag. We would only recommend this service if they've been really good to us, and they have been really good to us. They're really, we really trust the, we really trust them, and we lay down some money with them. Uh, that's where we put our bets in. That's why we're urging you to turn to mybookie. They have some in-game betting. They got live betting and one of the most rewarding player perks in the business. They got the mobile site that you can punch in a couple of wagers on if you need to, so you can wager, you can get some wagering done when you're out on the go. So go join my bookie. They'll mat, uh, match your deposit with like a 50% bonus. You put in 100 bucks, they're going to give you 50 to back that up. And please use the promo code SDS to activate that 50% offer. Use the promo code SDS at mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. So let's get you guys set up for the Elite Eight um, and uh, and see where this thing might go because the first game that we're going to pay attention to at uh, 6.09 on Saturday, is that it's going to be on TBS. You got the 11 seed, Loyola Chicago, which is 35-5 and five and had to defeat Miami, Tennessee, and Nevada. And then they're going to play... Equally as surprising, the nine seed, Kansas State. Kansas State State is uh, 25 and 11. Uh, they had to defeat Creighton, uh, of course, are one of the other darlings of the tournament, UMBC, and they upset Kentucky. Um, so that game, I don't know if anybody's going to have a, a proper prediction on this game. I could see both of these teams going and scoring 80. I could see this team, the, both of the, both of these teams, slowing it down. It being in the 50s. I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. If I was going to lean one way or the other, I think this is maybe where uh, the uh, the weight in uh, the weight injury for Kansas State finds its mark and actually has an impact. So guess what? I can't believe I'm saying this. I might even lean to Loyola Chicago making it to the Final Four. Kansas State is favored currently by a point and a half. But I think that sounds like a coin flip situation. Um, maybe Loyal Chicago continues the Cinderella ride and they make one more amazing shot. They've won three games by a total of four points. Absolutely outrageous. Exactly what you want from the tournament. Uh, then we have uh, number nine, Florida State, which is 23-11 and 11 now. They had to defeat Mizzou, uh, Xavier, and Gonzaga. Uh, they're going to play the number three seed, Michigan. Michigan is uh, has a school record, uh, 31 wins, seven losses. Uh, they had to defeat Montana, uh, Houston with that unbelievable pool shot, and then a Texas A&M. Uh, Michigan is currently favored by, I think, four and a half. Uh, that game's going to be on TBS uh, right before 9 o'clock. And then on Sunday, you have number one and number two facing each other, which is really appealing. You have Kansas and Duke. Kansas is now uh, 30 and 7. 
uh, and they had to defeat Penn, Seton Hall, and Clemson. And then, of course, you have Duke that just defeated Syracuse, and they had to defeat Iona and URI to get there. And then, finally, on Sunday, you're going to get Villanova and Texas Tech, which is a really cool matchup of uh, great point guards of Keenan Evans and, and Brunson and, and really athletic wings with uh, Zaire Smith and Bridges. Um, really looking forward to that. And so you want to see you want to see what that matchup is going to look like. Does Villanova get slowed down by Texas Tech? Does Texas Tech get sped up a little bit by Villanova? And can Texas Tech defend Villanova out on that three-point line? So there you go, listeners. There's your rundown of what happened in the Sweet 16 and, and what might happen in the Elite Eight. Mike and I will catch up with you, obviously, um, early next week. Uh, to give you our uh, side-by-side commentary on what the Final Four might look like and how in the world did those teams get to the Final Four. So, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We totally appreciate it. Thanks for letting us share March with you guys. We appreciate uh, you giving us time and your speakers or your earbuds or however you're consuming the podcast. Please give Mike a follow at Randall Rant. He is both entertaining and insightful. Don't forget to give the podcast a follow at SDS Podcast. Efficiency of keystrokes, of course. And if you're looking for some uh, screen-to-screener in print or looking for a place to consume all the podcasts that we have out there for you guys, please hit up Mike's site, randallrant.com. He's got some cool writing short corners up there for you that you can consume in print. And um, again, you can access all of our uh, previous podcasts on that site as well. So listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, cheers. Salancha, gratulatia, arigato. i